There is a village an hour from London. It's no different from many others today. One pub, one church, red brick cottages, some public housing, and a few larger houses dotted about. Voices rise up as they might anywhere, speaking of loving and needing and working and dying and walking the dogs. This village belongs to the people who live in it and to the land and to the land's past. It also belongs to dead Papa Toothwort, a mythical figure that schoolchildren used to draw as green and leafy, choked by tendrils growing out of his mouth, who awakens after a glorious nap. He is listening to this 21st century village, to its symphony of talk, drunken confessions, gossip traded on the street corner, fretful conversations in living rooms. He is listening intently for a mischievous, ethereal boy whose parents have recently made the village their home. Lanny. Whatever. Welcome to Treat Yourself, a book club podcast where each month we read a book and come together to discuss it. I'm Christina. I'm Emma. And I'm Hannah. And today we will be discussing Lanny by Max Porter. First, we're going to give our non-spoiler review. Emma, what did you think? Well, you might be surprised. It wasn't that bad. What? Emma liked something. Okay, it wasn't good, but... Okay, I think I had a very different experience than you two did, because I listened to the book. Oh, yes. And the book... Oh, I'm glad one of us listened to it. Yeah, so the recording had, like, a whole voice cast. So it was more like I experienced a radio play rather than read a book. So as a radio play, it was pretty good. You know, the description of the book I thought sounded horrible. And not much happens in the book, but I guess that's a good thing because there was nothing really there to offend me. Only offend Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's not great, but again, I didn't hate it. That's a step up for you. <laughs> We're making progress. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there someday, Emma. Okay, Hannah. So for me, I enjoyed the text structure. Uh, It was written in the series of poems with various narrators, uh, which made it really easy to make it through the story. Plus, I always really enjoy multiple narrators in a story. I will say that there was one narrator that I did not care about and really wanted to skip every single time and did end up skimming through instead of actually reading through it. Instead of listening on 1.75 speed. I forgot to mention that. (laughs) That was my version of listening on (laughs) 1.75 was my skimming. There were portions that were super fantastical, which is fine. I just was definitely rooting for a resolution that was more like realistic, if that makes sense. I'll touch on that more when we actually get to the spoilers. I think it was well written, but ultimately this story was not my cup of tea, Uh, though I might be saying that mainly due just to one of the scenes in the story. I wouldn't read it again, but I can see how other people would really enjoy this story. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Christina, what about you? I liked it. Uh, It, to me, it seemed like a modern kind of horror fairy tale type novel and I really liked that I liked the character of Dead Papa Toothwort I thought he was really scary and awesome and Mm -hmm. I love the imagery that surrounded him every time he was in a scene like I really want to draw him and I think I will and I like I really did love the imagery surrounding him I liked the sentence structure and the structure of the poems in the book Yeah, I did like the fantastical chapters. Like, chapter two for me was, like, kind of the most boring chapter, which was, like, a really large chunk of the book, actually. (laughs) Because it was, like, the the most realistic portion of the book. Yeah, but we'll get into that when we get into spoilers. Yeah, but I liked it overall. I thought it was... Yeah, and I liked liked the ending because I thought it was a more realistic ending. 
<laughs> Emma's shaking her head. I just, I'm, I, I, why did you choose this book, Christina? I'm just curious. How did you come across well, it? Maybe we should save this for later, so, but I just want to know. <laughs> so I came across it. Pals released a list of short novels. Okay. And there were like 15 books on the list. And this was one of them. I liked the description of the book. It seemed like it was going to be a book that had high strangeness in it. And I really couldn't grasp what it was going to be about from the description of the book. So I was like, okay, this is seems strange and kind of dark. And that is my cup of tea. so that's why i wanted to read it and also it was short so it was a lovely length it was a very lovely length it took me hours to read four hours perhaps (laughs) perhaps if not five (laughs) all right and if you guys have nothing else to add we're gonna get into our spoiler filled discussion If you have not read Lanny yet, and you do not want to be spoiled, pause this podcast, read the book, and then come back to listen to it. And if you've already read the book or are fine with being spoiled, then keep listening. Yeah. (laughs) The very first note I wrote was about the cover, uh, about how the cover was very intricate, though I got it from the library on my nook so you couldn't really see all of the details and I wanted to go back uh, and look at it more closely because whenever I was looking at it I noticed a bunch of different things and that it was spooky and we know that spooky is not my favorite so did you, did you think this book was spooky Hannah I didn't okay good because it, 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 it wasn't it wasn't spooky no it wasn't like, I thought some of the imagery was spooky, like, just some of the, it, it all, like, I thought some of the descriptions were spooky, mm. like, it could have taken a turn, and I wanted it to take that turn, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't, but yeah, the cover is cool, so the cover is, like, a giant leaf, and it's, like, Dead Papa Toothwort's mask, so half mm-hmm. of it is his leafy face and so you can see like an eye in the leafy mask Mm -hmm. and then the other half is split into two scenes so the top is like a tree and like a kid wandering through like a town and a forest and then below there's like the roots of the tree and like bones yeah so spooky i agree what is this book about (laughs) What is it about? Like, what is there even to say about part one? It starts with a poem about crotchety toothwort. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I wrote that down. I also wrote down the quote, my trusty friend, diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, right away, it was very clear that it was not going to be a happy book because all of the images in this first poem were just very upsetting. Yeah. Dead Papa Toothwort has some issues. You can't really, like, you don't really know who he is, but you know he's kind of placed out of time. You know he's not really a modern figure, Mm -hmm. but you can't really quite place where he is. But you know he's not a good dude. He's seen some murder, some, not some great stuff go down. Yeah, yeah, and it phrases it as, like, he's listening to all of his favorite sounds in the town, which include all of those, like, upsetting imagery and all of that. But his favorite is the boy. He likes Lanny. He likes Lanny. That's the yeah. only note I wrote for that part. So, like, the whole, this whole first part, I was convinced that, like, Dead Papa Toothwort was, like, gonna possess him. Interesting. Like, I, yeah, I totally thought he was gonna... Like, he was a demon, and he was going to... Like, I thought this book was going to be, like, crazy dark. Like, mm. way darker than it was than it ended up being. Yes. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, I don't really write any notes until the, the infamous hedgehog scene. But <laughs> what happens is Lanny is tutored by this local man, Pete. Mm-hmm who is a retired artist and a recluse. Well, he's mm-hmm. got, he like 
has an art exhibit going on at one point in the book. So he's like a semi-retired artist. Yeah. But yeah, so his par- Lanny's parents moved to this village. I don't think it has a name. If it did, I don't remember. Dad is typical businessman. Mom is retired actress. And aspiring mm-hmm. writer. <laughs> yeah, she is writing a lewd crime novel. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, the descriptions of her book. So the mom's like, yeah, uh, Lanny likes to draw. Give him art lessons. Pete, also known as Mad Pete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all my notes for Pete was, okay, I wrote Pete, possible serial killer slash artist. <laughs> I, was, I was like, he's probably a serial killer because, so he talks about like his first line is like, I collect animal skulls. And I'm like, mm. obviously a serial killer. And then, like, there's one point where he's talking about, like, it sounds like kind of like he hates women, but then he's, like, thinking about women. He's like, oh, I really miss them. It's like, do you miss them because you killed them? Mm. Wow. I wow. did not get that. But yeah, the, the first part of this book is told in alternating, like, narrators between Pete, Lanny's dad, Lanny's uh, mom, and then dead papa toothwort yes and i was i was i was concerned about pete when he was first introduced i i wanted him to be a good guy but i was concerned that he would end up being a bad guy i don't know i always thought he was a good guy and like he was just misunderstood from the beginning that's what I was hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, like yeah, I everything's was. pointing toward or everything's it's trying to make it seem all the villagers and everybody are trying to make it seem like he's this bad, creepy dude. But I'm I'm hoping it'll all work out with him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Lanny's dad is pretty mean because he just describes his son as bonkers and Robert. Yeah, he's always talking about how weird Lanny is. He's awful. Yeah, he's a corporate businessman. He works for some sort of like environmental agency or he's like an environmental corporate lawyer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he basically at one point in the novel says right out that he just wishes Lanny's dead. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, you just write Robert off. Like, forget about him. Robert can die now. (laughs) Well, yeah, just so many of his interactions with Lanny were, I don't know, they, they weren't great. I mean. So he finds Lanny sleepwalking in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And... He, Doesn't he just, like, yell at him? Yeah, like, yeah he yells like at him, a lot. he scolds him, you know, instead of, like, realizing that, one, when you wake someone from sleepwalking, like, they obviously are disoriented, they don't know where they are, it's, like, obviously <laughs> they don't... angry. Know- yeah! <laughs> like, they <laughs> are completely disoriented. Know. No, Emma, hold on. I don't know why you always thought that I was an angry sleepwalker. I don't think I was an angry sleepwalker. You, okay, first of all, your sleepwalking incidents that involved me always involved you waking me up and being, Mm -hmm. like, mad that I wasn't waking up. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a time I wake up in the middle of the night and I just, we, we slept in bunk beds. And I just see Hannah's arm with a book in her hand hanging <laughs> over the bed. And she says, Emma, put my book down. I was like, oh, fine, but you woke me up. <laughs> and I feel like you, you said sorry, but like really angrily. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Put it down. <laughs> oh, fine, I'll put your book down. <laughs> Sounds like you both were angry at this situation. Well, she woke me up. <laughs> <laughs> and I have down. no memory of it because I was asleep. Okay, but I didn't know that at the time because it seemed plausible that you would have just done that to me. No, I was asleep. Not my fault. Just like it's not Lanny's fault. Exactly. <laughs> you you would have been just like Robert. I mean, I like I wasn't like anti Robert because okay, I I I was like anti Pete, but I wasn't anti Pete. 
I was just like, okay, this is where the story's going. Like, I see where it's going. Pete's a weirdo. That's not right. Pete's a serial killer. That's my theory that I'm going with. <laughs> he's not. Spoilers, he's not. He's actually just a really nice guy. But I was like, oh, he's so like, sweet. Robert, you know, like, he doesn't understand his son, but he will come to understand his son. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he just gets worse throughout the book. But I was like, okay, like, because yeah. he was like, I feel like this was a trend of the 90s in movies where you had, like, corporate businessman dad who neglects their child. But then mm. at the end of the movie, they learn to love their child and spend more time with their child. And so I was like, oh, that's what this book is. But it wasn't. I could see no, that. No, not at all. <laughs> It was the dark version of that. Except not. It was well, a little, I guess. But not dark enough. <laughs> Pete wasn't a serial killer. I, I, he was so sweet. I just, okay, in a book this short, you know, in a well-written book, every word is supposed to, supposed to lead towards something. And, you know, maybe mm. if I reread this book, I would see that was true. But still, all these things that I was picking up on weren't worth picking up on. So I'm just like, okay, what was the point of these? <laughs> you just picked up on all the red herrings. <laughs> and maybe that's because you were listening to it rather than reading it. Maybe. Mm. But who knows? I don't know. I'll blame the performance. I mean, it's... They, they really emphasize those lines. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am curious to hear what it was like to listen to the poem sections of like Dead Papa Toothworks. Oh, that was great oh, for because sure. they had different voices for all the like wavy lines of mm-hmm. text. Yeah, like I'm not even sure I read those correctly. Yeah, but yeah. Back to him sleepwalking. Lanny does say something super creepy where he goes, "I heard the girl in the tree." Oh yeah, that never comes back. And I was like, what? No, mm-hmm. I, I was like, he is connected to dead people. He he is hearing dead people. Okay. I wanted the girl in the tree to be connected to, like, Peggy or someone. Mm. Because Peggy comes up at the end, like, who is Peggy? Like, Yeah, Peggy did kind of come in. Like, at the end, all of a sudden, Peggy was important. <laughs> We didn't spend really any time with her before now. <laughs> there was a scene with her where it's like, oh, Lanny is friends with Peggy. Yeah, that was it. And again, I, I was super on Pete's side when when Lanny, Lanny breaks something of Pete's and doesn't tell him and goes tell, to tell his mom. And his mom was like, well, we need to go back and tell Pete. And then Pete was just like super duper fine with it. And yes. it was super adorable. And that's when I was like, okay, I think Pete's okay. I don't think there's going to be anything wrong with Pete. Yeah, I probably at that point was like, okay, yeah, he's an okay guy. Or he's just really trying to stay in Lanny's good graces because he's going to kill him. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. No, that was a cute scene. It was super cute. And then, okay, so we should mention the beginning of the book, Pete is teaching Lanny how to draw and the first thing Lanny draws is like is a man mm-hmm. and it's a man with like no neck and the arms are coming from like the middle of the torso and the way that he instructs them how to draw is like basically like hey look at me like where do you don't you see something missing between mm-hmm. my head and my shoulders and Lanny's like, oh, yeah, and then adds the neck and then like, hey, look at my like, I think that's such a cute scene. Like, also, that was like, super cute, that's too. Super endearing as well. Like, he's obviously not a serial killer there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did get like kind of slightly worried again when Pete and Lanny are drawing in the woods and then Pete loses him for a sec. And it's just that Lanny climbed a tree and then he was like, stay there so that I can draw you. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> Like, no, (laughs) you need to get him down, but okay. Also, Pete Pete was telling him ghost stories. That's why Lanny was sleepwalking or whatever. He's like, oh, Pete told me a scary story. And the dad is like, oh, I'm going to talk with Pete. And then Pete's like, no, Lanny tells me scary things. (laughs) 
Lanny's the scary <laughs> one. Scary. Yeah. He's a but weird Lanny kid. was telling him scary things. Like, he was telling him all about dead Papa Toothwort. Yeah. Which, I mean, if a kid tells me all about dead Papa Toothwort, I mean, game over. That's scary. <laughs> I wonder if, did Lanny want to make that bower because of the girl in the woods? I thought, okay, so, yeah, Lanny's making a bower <laughs> in a secret place. He's not going to tell anybody where it is. But it's for everyone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was because of his connection with dead Papa Toothwort. Okay. That's what I thought, too. Though his mom is like, you're making it for a ladybird, right? Yeah. And Lanny's like, no, what? And this is when I was like, wait, how old? <laughs> I'm seven. <laughs> yeah. That, I was yeah. like, I'm pretty sure he's pretty little. I don't know how old he was. But yeah, I would say, like, around 10 at most. Like, he, he didn't seem that old. Yeah, but also, like, I get the sense that maybe he was also developmentally delayed as well. That's, they did, they very much, the author coded him as neurodivergent for sure. Yeah. I wasn't sure what exactly, but he was definitely coded that way. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, I think he purposely didn't tell us Lanny's age. But he sounded very young if you listen to the book. You know, he definitely sounded super young. Super young. Yeah, so he builds this bower somewhere. You know that's what he's working on like when he goes to disappear. And then at some point we learn... Well, I don't know. We can talk about the hedgehog scene or we don't have to, but there's like this really random... (laughs) The infamous hedgehog scene. Hedgehog scene that's really disturbing. The infamous hedgehog scene. Before the hedgehog scene, it was describing how the parents felt like they were being stalked when they first moved there. How mom was getting like the creepy phone calls and how dad was feeling like he was being watched every night. Like, well, that's not good. That's super creepy. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, then we have the hedgehog scene where I threw my nook clear across the room as soon as I realized what was happening to this poor hedgehog. It was so upsetting. I don't, we don't even need to like describe it in detail. It's just a hedgehog gets murdered for being like, it was trapped. And then for some reason, she decided instead of rescuing it to murder it. And. Yeah, she's like, I couldn't get the the drain cover off or whatever, so I decided to murder her. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I assume what happened to Lanny was because of what she did to the hedgehog. I could see that. Yeah, like I could see that. Was like, hey, this is symmetry. Yeah. Ugh, and the mom was like, it felt good, and then she cleaned the knife and put it back in the drawer. And then she was like, this feels like our dirty little secret. The dirty little secret between me and the knife. <laughs> she, she winks at the camera. <laughs> yeah. I gasped. I hated that so much. Uh, it, it was weird. I did take a break from reading for like a week after reading that scene. Uh, yeah. Oh, I did write the next note. Dead Papa Toothwort saw hedgehog murder. So you're right. He was like, mm, I'll remember this. Yeah, I was like, why couldn't she call it some sort of animal control? Because she's in a small village. There is no animal control. The next like major thing that I have written down is about when uh, Lanny's mom catches him at the computer and he goes, I was reading your book. I gasped. I was yeah. like, that little child should not be reading that book. Mm-hmm. I I don't even want to describe her book. It, it was awful sounding. Like, oh my just... gosh. And then she probably is drawing inspiration from her hedgehog murder. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, gore-filled, like... Out and just did not sound good at all. So then, like, this little kid is reading this book. No, don't do it, little kid. Yep. Also, this is around where I realized that his last name was Lloyd, right? His last name was Lloyd. Lanny Lloyd. Yes. Yes. I believe so. Lanny Lloyd. But yeah, so then we just see more creepy things. Um, Like, Lanny being strange. So then the next Dead Papa Toothwort chapter, one of the poems is 
he starts chanting hunt for the runt or the runt will grow hunt for the runt or the runt will grow and I was like is this about Lanny and then so then I was like is he going to hunt Lanny down and kill him like hunt for the runt and I just thought that particular poem was particularly creepy because it was like right after the hedgehog scene and Lanny reading the novel Mm -hmm. and all of that and I was like okay this is like amping up and like something's about to happen (laughs) but it doesn't part one is so long that's okay there's like so much okay I guess part two is longer but part one just keeps like telling stories about things and it's like what where is this going Mm -hmm. like they're like oh there's a time we went to a maze and Lanny instantly solved the maze in two minutes when it should have taken 40 minutes to get to the center. How did Lanny get to the center so fast? And the statue at the center was dead Papa Toothwort! <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, Peggy is introduced in part one. Okay. <laughs> She's like, oh, Lanny, you should buy my house. I'm gonna die yeah. soon. So, well, I mean, like, the next chapter is when Lanny disappears. So, and... Gosh, what does Lanny's dad say? He says something, like, really awful. <laughs> Which time? There are too many. There are so many times. But yeah, there's the time where... Are you thinking about the time where, like, the dad hears the noise in the middle of the night and, like, goes to investigate it? I think so. It's, like, right before he disappears. Yeah, before he disappears, he's, like, looking all around the house. He hears the noise. He goes downstairs. And then mom, like, wakes up and is, like, ah. And so then dad goes back in there. And she's, like, I heard something in this room. And it's in the room. It's in the room. And then eventually they find Lanny under the bed in a trance. And at which point dad, like, pulls him out and again, is very rough and gruff with him and calls him an effing freak. Yeah. Since we're a non-explicit podcast. Yeah. We should change that one day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's that. And then, yeah, and then the next day is when Lanny disappears. I'm like, no wonder he ran away. Mm. Well, I mean, he doesn't run away, but that's what I thought at the time. But yeah, before we get into part two, there was the one last thing where... Lanny's mom remembers the night, like, he stopped breathing. Yes. And how she was kind of okay with it. Yes. Like, when he was a baby, and she was kind of like, okay, like, I can get back to my life. This is good for me. Like, all right. At which point where I was was very much uh, convinced of, like, okay, Lanny has been touched by death, clearly, because he stopped breathing when he was a baby dead papa toothwort seems like the embodiment of death so that's why he knows all of this stuff about him and why he's so drawn to him that's what i was thinking at that time Mm -hmm. so i actually accidentally just turned to the page robert and julie are talking to each other so lanny's parents and she's like you called him an effing freak and he's like i know and she's like you need to apologize tomorrow and he says He's grown up enough to know he gave us a fright and I was angry and he needs to stop doing things like this. It's worrying. So he's grown up enough. Like, how old is this kid? Like, 10 or under, he's not grown up enough. No. Regardless, you need to apologize if you say things like that to your child. (laughs) Like, no matter how old he is. Yes. So he doesn't come home for dinner. Like, so they just let Lanny roam around. And expect him to be home by dinner most days. And this particular day, he's not home. So they go out running around looking for him. Pete's out of town, so he's not even there to help look for him that initial day. And so the whole town goes out to look for him. Pete doesn't own a phone, I think, is that's what I gather. (laughs) And so they can't even call him. Like, so he's at, like, or I guess getting his gallery, his newest gallery showing set up in London. And so that's why he's not in town. And, but for some reason, even though Pete's not even in town, everyone suspects Pete of, like, 
kidnapping. Well, not just for uh, some reason. It's for stereotypes. And because oh, yes. he's the the gay man in town who is obviously a pedophile for hanging out with this young man. And clearly yeah. he has done something terrible to him. See, I didn't suspect Pete at this uh, point because it's like he has a perfect alibi. He had the perfect alibi. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, he is out of town. He was not even there. You saw Lanny earlier that afternoon. Which, I don't know, maybe it would have been a bit better if they had left it more unclear. It was like, oh, where were you, Pete? Oh, you don't have an alibi? But we don't have any evidence it was you, so we have to let you go anyway? I mean, they bring Pete to court over this. Yes. His alibi was clear. I mean, thankfully, eventually he is, like cleared because he does have a watertight alibi uh but it it, so much of part two was just this back and forth of like it was obviously you pete mad pete of course it was him that gay man of course it was him what else could would he have been doing with that boy like of Mm -hmm. course that's what was happening which was so frustrating and part of why i i read this section all in one sitting yeah me too this section was Yeah, I needed to get through it. It was different because it it wasn't split up into these like titled poems anymore with, between the narrators. It was just like little chunks and switching back and forth between narrator um, without any title. And so it just felt very like frenetic and it was very anxiety inducing. I don't know. For me, I was like anxious the whole time. I was like, I just need mm-hmm. to get through this. I just need Pete to be cleared because it was not him. I just need to get through this section and figure out what happened. Yeah. But if you have a full voice cast, you know exactly who's talking and what's going on. Yeah, yes. And a lot of them at this in this part were just random people in the village being like, I think this is what happened to Larry. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. just the four narrators anymore. So those all had different voices, too. And I was like, oh, thank goodness I'm listening mm-hmm. to this. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my notes are like, I think this is definitely his dad on page like 144, you know, or like, mm. you know, <laughs> and he doesn't miss Lanny at all because he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't he trying to figure out when he could go back to work or? Yeah. He's like, I miss working. Yep. Absolutely. Yes, at the uh, my last note for part two was Dad thinks he doesn't miss Lanny, but I wrote thinks he doesn't miss Lanny because it's like, but he really does miss Lanny in his heart. You really wanted that redemption arc for him. <laughs> I just thought that's where it was going. I mean, at the end, he does rush to like unbury Lanny. Yes, he's not like actively True. trying to kill True. Lanny. Yeah. But yeah. Another thing is that Mom's book, which was getting ready to be published, is pulled from being published because people are like, this is sick. Well, <laughs> like, so it leaked. Yeah. It leaked and people read it and they're like, wow, I mean, Lanny disappeared. Like, maybe actually the mom did it. I mean, because she's quite violent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, who thinks like this? I mean, if only they knew what she did to this poor hedgehog. Oh, God. If that knife could talk. <laughs> oh, that knife that's still in their kitchen. That they use every day. Oh. But yeah, there was one line at the end of this part where it was like, it's only been five days, but it feels like months. And I was like, it's only been five days? It does feel like months. This <laughs> section has taken so long. It's It can't have just been five days. <laughs> And I've been missing five days. <laughs> but both the parents, like, I know that Pete, so Pete was exonerated. The whole village still thinks he did it. But the parents are cool with Pete. Both of the parents are like, yeah, Pete, we're like on your side. We love you, man. Mm-hmm. Like, help us find our mm-hmm. child. I do yeah. appreciate that. I like that. Especially since Robert was such a tool towards Pete. I mean, there's like one one line in the book where he doesn't even want Pete to like sit on his leather seats in his car. Mm -hmm. He's like disgusted by Pete for whatever reason. So that turnaround is kind of nice for him to be on his side. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I thought it was months. So for it to only be five days is kind of shocking because there is like this one part on page 157 where they, uh, 
turned Lanny into a myth right away and stopped looking for him, it sounded like. Yeah. And then it sounded like Pete is the only one who didn't give up. Yeah, I agree with that. I know. And chapter three gets weird again. It does. Okay, but before that, real quick. So, like, okay, he's missing five days. And then at that point, they find a bunch of letters in a bush that Lanny wrote. And they're, like, about Papa Toothwort. Dead Papa Toothwort. He's Mm -hmm. got too long of a name. I started writing DPTW. I called him Toothy. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, so 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 the mom and dad were, were sat and read all these letters, but they didn't really help him find the boy until part three. Mm. I mean, dead Papa Toothwort really had to like lead him, lead him by the hand, you know. It's just like you guys yeah. are never gonna find him at this yeah. rate. I mean, the town really wasn't helping me out. <laughs> Ugh. So, dead Papa Toothwort kind of puts them all to sleep. And gives them all separate visions. And they're all super weird. And they start off with Pete. And they give Pete a weird vision. And it goes back to that first drawing. Mm -hmm. And he has to, like, redraw the drawing. And it's like the drawing came to life. To describe it sounds like I'm describing a weird dream I had. I mean, because it mm-hmm. is like a weird dream that Pete. That's basically is what it was. Yeah. Uh, yes, they all they all get invitations to a play called Lanny: The End, and so this is all. There's like a stage in the woods, and on the stage is a six foot drawn man, like you were describing, and it's Lanny's first drawing, and it speaks in Pete's voice, and says, "Fix me." <laughs> mm-hmm. And so so Pete eventually, he's like, I don't understand, but he, he fixes the drawing. And then the drawing's like, your ending for Lanny is him growing up to be a teenager and kind of like, not necessarily ignoring you, just but being like, hey, mm-hmm. friend, but I'm off with my friends. Yeah. And Pete's like, yes, that's correct. That is my ending for Lanny. Yeah, because yes. each of them, each of them keep getting asked what ending they see for Lanny, what what mm-hmm. end they believe is in the cards for him. Yeah, and what's Dad's ending? God, God. <laughs> well, he has two endings for Lanny. The first mm-hmm. one is terrible. I mean, I don't even really want to describe it, but I mean, it's Lanny basically dead and abused. Hmm. Yeah, it's a ending for Lanny being abused. Yes. And and he gets a lady version of Papa Toothwork. Yes. yes. Uh, who's speaking yes. to him? I'm picturing like okay, I don't know if you guys ever saw Old Greg. It's an old British comedy sketch. <laughs> it's hilarious. Anyways, it's a man in drag. But I'm picturing Papa Toothwork in drag and I loved it. I loved the image of it. It lightened it up for me a little bit, but, uh... Lady Toothwort was voiced by a man doing a lady's okay. voice. Just to, to add to it. I think it was Robert's voice doing... Like, Toothwort had a different voice. Obviously. Mm. Not obviously. But, you know. But it was Robert's section, so Robert did all the narration and put on a lady's voice. Oh, okay. For this part. But then there's the second part of his test... Yeah. He sees another Lanny ending and is Lanny getting married and in a real nice suit. Uh, he's looking good. <laughs> and Toothwort Toothwort asks, Is this your ending for Lanny? And he's like, Yeah, I love this Lanny ending. And Toothwort's like, That's the wrong answer. This was never your ending for Lanny. You're lying. Yeah. So then he like collapses. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> it seems like the dad's dead at this point. I know. I was like, did he just kill him? Like, what just happened? <laughs> and then, last but not least, is Jolie, and Jolie recognizes Dead Papa Toothwort right away. Mm-hmm. She knows who he is, and he, like, so he asks what her ending is, right? Mm-hmm. 
But, like, so she sees, like, what it actually is. Yeah, she she gets to see what happened to Lanny um, and all the events leading up to now. Yeah, so she sees Lanny building the bower and wandering off, I guess, to take, like, a snack break or write in his journal. And he settles on an old rusted metal grate on the ground, which I don't think he realizes he does until it collapses underneath of him and he falls into a hole. So yes, Lanny's stuck down there for days. He cries out for help sometimes, but not at the times when anybody's around. Yes. Then he just happens to be sleeping. It's terrible coincidences all around. Um, He runs out of water. I don't know if he ever had water. Well, anyways. No, he did. it, It says he rationed his water for a day. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he ran out of it, like, like the next morning. Yeah. Yes. Then he's just, like, licking the moss or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Finally, at some point, he calls out for help from Papa Toothwort, who emerges from a tree and comes over to the hole and starts sprinkling all different types of fruit down into the hole mm-hmm. yeah, it goes a little overboard yeah i'm like okay like but also like can't you just like take him out of the hole yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he like turns into a tree that grows an apple and the apple falls down the hole yeah. why can't you like be a tree that reaches your branch down the hole yes i well that's what i thought he was doing because i think it describes as growing the branch down into the hole and then growing uh, the apple. And I was like, well, why don't you just grow a branch that's strong enough to pull Lanny out? Like, <laughs> while you're down there. He doesn't mm-hmm. like Lanny that much. Yeah, exactly. He's not that good of a human. I mean, he's not a human. <laughs> he's a demon or whatever he is. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, now the mom knows where Lanny is. And yes. she wakes up, and she's running, and then the dad's there, and Pete's also there, and they all know exactly mm-hmm. where to go. Yeah. Well, Pete, like, shoves everyone out of the way to, like, <laughs> to get at the brambles yeah. as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Lanny's rescued. He's rescued. The end. The end. Pretty much. Then Peggy comes in as an epilogue character. She dies of a heart attack, and she's, like, holding up a gate when she dies. Yeah, and then nobody realizes that she's dead for a while, because she's just standing there. Yes. I know it seems like we didn't describe who Peggy is. That's because there was no description, really, other than she had that one conversation with Lanny. Yeah. And then, like, prayed to Toothwort to bring Lanny back. Yeah. When he was missing. And now she's dead. Yep. And mom and dad got divorced. Thank God. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> he was never redeemed. I don't think he deserved to be redeemed. Yeah, Mm-mm. I guess. Emma, he did not deserve redemption. I, he just seemed like s- such an average guy. But, you know, that's maybe my problem of being like, this is acceptable male behavior. And it wasn't acceptable male behavior. No. So the book got me. And I learned a powerful lesson. Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> that you're more excited about the Ness redemption arc <laughs> now <laughs> in Infinity Sun. Okay, we didn't talk about... I did such a poor job of explaining why Ness is a terrible character. This is now Infinity Sun part <laughs> <No>! two. <laughs> I opened this door and I shouldn't have. <laughs> but, but I found the passages. Okay, Ness bullied a child up here, really. He bullied one of his classmates to the point where this kid tried to commit suicide. And that is not a character that I want redeemed. Mm-hmm. Right. Ever. He's also murdered a, a few people. He said that. <laughs> I've murdered a few people. Yeah. Self-defense. Oh, we don't know that. We know at least one was self-defense. Okay, was the bullying self-defense? The bullying wasn't self-defense, but he was bullying others because his father was such a bully. And he was taking the behavior that he saw in his father up person in power and continuing that 
but he's breaking that cycle. He's not going to do that anymore. Well, he's dead now, so he can't do anything. He's not dead. He's in the clutches of his father, isn't yes. he? <laughs> <laughs> but did you remember that? Yeah, didn't I just say he's in the clutches of his father? <laughs> yeah, but you seemed unsure, because you tend to believe everything I say. <laughs> I do tend to believe everything you say. <laughs> anyway, Robert oh did gosh. not... Robert did not deserve redemption. Ness okay. does. Okay, Hannah, Robert never murdered anyone. The mom murdered a hedgehog. Robert was on the path to murder his own son. Yeah. No, he was not. Yes, that he was. was. A stretch. He was That's glad a huge his stretch. son was dead. He was happy with the thought of his son being dead. And to be fair, so was Jolie, honestly. It seemed like they both were kind of terrible. Only Pete was really the the person that deserved to still have a relationship with Lanny. Mm-hmm. And he did. So that's He cool. did. I mean, I was glad that Lanny was alive. I was getting anxious at the end of the book that, like, Lanny was going to be dead in a well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But he was alive and he grew up. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, Lanny's going to be the hedgehog. Like, dead Papa Toothward is going to, like teach everyone a lesson and he's going to be like turned into pulp and yeah but in case you were worried about the mom's burgeoning writing career she becomes a writer no worries (laughs) (laughs) and it's still gory yeah she's still just like this sells Uh, and that's landing yep yep i liked it it was short it didn't take up too much of your time i agree with that again Ultimately, it's not my cup of tea. It's not the type of book that I would generally pick up and read. Uh, But it was a quick read. So if this is your type of book, then I would, I I think you would enjoy it. And I would say, listen to it. Don't read it. I don't know. I feel like I'm interested to listen to it just to see what the difference is. Okay. Who wants to start with recommendations? I will start. Okay. So I have one recommendation. Okay. If you like short books with multiple narrators, but you were like, Lanny wasn't sad enough. I don't know if this book is necessarily sad, but I guess upsetting. Anyway, I'm recommending All That's Left to You by Ghassan Kanafani. And on the back it says, All That's Left to You presents the vivid story of 24 hours in the lives of a brother and sister living in Gaza and separated from their family. The desert and time emerge as characters, as Kanafani speaks through the desert, the brother, and the sister to build the powerful rhythm of the narrative. And yeah, it's, it's short, it's good. That's my recommendation. What about you, Hannah? So this book reminded me of two other books that I've read. Disclaimer, uh, again, these books are books that I think I would only read or I can I can only read once uh, and aren't quite my go-to books. But like I said, when I was reading Lanny, they popped into my head. And I think if you liked Lanny, then you would like these reads as well. So the first one is The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. It's about, uh, it's a book about a boy with autism who sets out to solve the murder of a neighbor's dog and discovers unexpected truths about himself and the world, which is the Amazon description. I think Lanny reminded me of this book more just in the characterization of Lanny, uh, kind of like we said earlier, even though it wasn't like specified that he was autistic or anything, he was definitely being coded as, as not being neurotypical, um, and so, it, so that's what reminded me of The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Um, the second book that I'm recommending is The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak. This book made me cry so, 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 so much. It's about Liesel Memminger and is set during World War II in Nazi Germany. Uh, Death narrates this story, which is why Lanny reminded me of it, because I felt that Dead Papa Toothwort was the representation of death in this story, and he was a narrator. So yeah, anyway, this story is beautifully written and terribly sad, and if you're into those kind of stories, then this story is for you. Christina, what about you? Any recommendations? Yeah, so um, this book really reminded me of The House in the Dark of the Woods by Laird Hunt. Um, So the description for this, uh, once upon a time there was 
and there wasn't a woman who went to the woods. So it's a horror story set in colonial New England uh, where a law-abiding Puritan woman goes missing, or perhaps she fled and abandoned her family, or perhaps she's been kidnapped and set loose to wander in the dense woods of the north. So it's kind of like a horror story fairy tale set in the woods, and it's very much like this, where it's very poetic. It's a short novel. It's very dark and mysterious. It's very good. I loved it. I highly recommend it. Yeah, so I highly recommend it. It really reminded me of Lanny, but darker and more fantastical. All right, and then also uh, The Ritual by Adam Neville, which is more horror set in the woods uh, and more based in Norse mythology. It's very good, definitely more just classic, not classic, but just more horror set in the woods. It's good, definitely just straight horror, but Mm. I like it. And if you wanted Lanny, but darker and more woodsy, then read that for sure. All right. (laughs) All good recommendations, I think. I agree. I think we did it right for once. <laughs> they all they all went they all went in different directions, but all very, very good. Hannah, what are we reading next time? Up next we're going to be reading and discussing Binti by Nettie Okorafor, uh, which is the story of Binti, the first of her people who gets accepted into Umza University and her dangerous journey to get there. Ooh. <laughs> Exciting. Check out our Instagram at Treat Your Shelf Podcast. We also have a Twitter account at Treat Your Shelf Pod. Your is just you are. All our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would love to hear from you about your thoughts on Lanny or even what you think about our next book. Thanks for joining in on our discussion. Until next time, don't forget to treat yourself.